Yo, 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 what up, dogs, and welcome to the 20th episode of the Fantasy Football Dogs podcast. I'm your host, Josiah Panther, and as always, I'm here with my very good buddies, Nathan McDonald. We may have one too many yo's there, but how's it going, fellas? Added a yo. We're extra excited today. And Micah Burge. I thought it was an adequate amount of yo's. All right, we're going to have to workshop how many yo's. I can add an extra one each episode, and we'll see how long it takes to get obnoxious. Um, but anyways, today's episode will be covering... I feel like the- we're already there. <laughs> uh, today's episode will be covering uh, the our top 12 running back rankings for Dynasty. And, uh, yeah, I feel like this is going to be a really interesting episode because I think there's going to be a lot of disagreement. Um, But we're going to try to keep the disagreement to a reasonable level so that we can going through this. And we are to to not make this a two and a half hour episode, (laughs) which it probably could be. Um, But, uh, yeah. Uh, So we're going to be covering that. Um, We are in the midst, I'd say in the midst, we're about 90% done with a week-long draft that we've been doing with uh, our good buddies in the uh, Devi Dogs League. And uh, next week, we're going to be having a special episode where we're going to cover that draft and uh, analyze our teams as well as analyze other people's teams. Um, and uh, yeah, just kind of talk about maybe values we found in the draft versus surprises and everything else. So uh, that'll be that episode, um, and uh, we're excited for that. And, yeah, we're going to take a break uh, in between our positional rankings here. But uh, for, for this week, we're going to be doing running backs, and uh, let's go and get started right here on that. So do we have – I'm pretty sure we do have the patented fantasy football dogs trend of having the same number one. Is that the case? Yes, it is. is everybody yeah, I don't have- think we patented it yet. It's patented. No other podcast <laughs> can have the same number ones. It's only us. Well, if they don't have the same number one here, they're crazy because uh, I think Christian McCaffrey is the clear-cut RB1 and then a tier by himself. I think we're renegades on that, man. I think I think we're really blazing the path of Christian McCaffrey here. So, uh, no, but, yeah, there's very little to say. I mean, the biggest argument anybody could make if somebody did put, put him above is injury. But, you know, almost every single one of my guys in the top 12 has had an injury at some point. I mean, some definitely more significant than others, but it's the running back position. They get injured. I'm not going to – I really do just try to base on what they do while they're on the field, uh, you know, outside of extreme examples. Um, But, uh, yeah, so, you know, he he, in the three games he did play last year, he scored 28.5, 24.8, and uh, 37.1 PPR fantasy points, so – I mean, you know, the lowest he got was basically 25 points. So there's no reason not to start him. It's like starting two guys in one slot. Uh, you guys have anything to add? No, it kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, fantasy hockey in the Wayne Gretzky era, where it's like almost like two guys. And there are times where you almost need to split them up. 
because, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, he literally – he averaged over 32 points a game last year. I mean, obviously, it was only the three games. Um, but even so, I mean, the year before, he was tops again with uh, – what was it, like over 27 points per game. So he's just an absolute monster, and his receiving ability is going to help him as he ages. But, I mean, he's only going to be 25 when week one starts. So he's still in the prime of his career, just entering the prime of his career. And, uh, yeah, he's he's unreal. And he's on a, a relatively new contract still. I mean, I think he has, mm-hmm. what, three years, four years left on that? I think it was a five-year contract originally. Yeah, he's got five years left on it, actually. It just kicked in. Oh, left on it. It just kicked in. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, they got to stick with that for some some significant portion of that. So, uh, so yeah, I think there's definite security there uh, from that from that standpoint. It's really just all about health. Uh, anything to add to that, Micah, before we move on to our number two? Uh, no, just that, like you said, his health is really all that's going to be able to take him down because he's in a great offensive system in Carolina. And Joe Brady will probably be gone after this year, but he's still going to be getting fed the ball and be a monster for like the next five, dude, honestly, maybe even 10 years because he can end up being a slot receiver after maybe he's done being a running back when he can't take so many hits and he can play a couple years there and it can really give him a longevity of a career. So I just think that also is just clear cut makes him number one because no other receiver can do that or running back can do that as a receiver. Better than all. Yeah, he's better than a lot of teams like wide receiver twos, like as mm-hmm. a route runner and just understanding that position. Yeah. So, yeah, and I agree that that can help extend his career. And even the injuries thing, it's not, you know, a lot of these other guys have had like, you know, <laughs> knee injuries or, you know, some more severe stuff. And he like nicked up his ankle and then he hurt his shoulder. So those aren't things that tend to like nag for a long time. So, um, you know, there's some other guys we'll talk about later that have had <laughs> some more significant things happen. Um, but McCaffrey, he's been able to carry the load at Stanford, and he's been uh, bulletproof except for this last year for the Panthers. So I think he'll yeah. be all right. And and before right. we get well, going, uh... well, before we get to the rest of these guys, every single one of these guys is the same thing with injury. They're all so talented that we're going to rank today that I know they're talented, know they're going to be good. It's just injuries is the only thing that could cause them to not be on this list going forward for the next few years. Right, and that's the nature of the position, and to be honest, the nature of football. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, nothing, nothing new there for anybody listening, I'm sure. But uh, anyways, uh, Micah, why don't we start with you and let you uh, start us out with what I'm assuming will be our first agreement here, uh, uh, disagreement here at number two. Oh, well, I hope that you both have Saquon Barkley because if he's not your number two running back, I don't know what you're thinking over here. Uh, dude, Saquon is one of the biggest athletic freaks I've ever seen. He was a generational running back. And I know people use that term every single year. We've had pits this year, but he was like a generational running back. He's the most hyped up running back since I remember Adrian Peterson when I was a kid. Um, dude, he had an injury last year. He tore his ACL. See many players come back from that. Dude, he's a freak of nature. He's going to rehab very well. Even when he got hurt his sophomore season, he came back and he destroyed it. And, dude, and he won a lot of people playoffs and championships that year. Um, you know, Saquon's an athletic freak. I think the Giants offense is going to be greatly improved. And I think part of Ryan wasn't as good last year is because he wasn't on the field and they didn't have many other receivers and linemen and they've upgraded all those things. And now I think Saquon's going to feast. He's the clear cut number two in this um, ranking. And I, I kind of don't think it's close. Y'all may disagree with me on it, but I'm pretty stern about Saquon being the number two back. 
Nathan, I'll let you go next and uh, give us your number two. Yeah, that's Josiah's way of saying that, no, he does not have Saquon Barkley at number two. <laughs> uh, and he <laughs> saved his take for last. Uh, it's our 20th episode, guys. We're getting to know each other. Um, but, no, I, I agree with Michael on this, that uh, Saquon Barkley is the number two for me. Uh, he's still gonna only going to be 24 years old uh, when week one comes around. And, yeah, he had the injury last year. We've talked about the injuries of this position, but – I agree that he's just an absolute freak of nature. He has no competition for touches when he's healthy. That's like one of the biggest things is he has absolutely no competition for touches. Uh, He can be a beast out of the backfield. um, And he was when he was playing. And uh, yeah, I I don't know if we've seen the best of him yet. Uh, I think he's going to come back strong, but um, like I said, he's still really young. The offense, the biggest thing for me is the offense is so much more improved since the last time he was on the field. They have so much more receiving options to take pressure off of him. And the offensive line is much improved. I mean, Andrew Thomas has been drafted. He barely got any time to play with him, but he came on really strong at the end of last year. Year, um, I forget the other offensive line piece they just added. But, uh, I mean, they, they have a very strong young core up there. So, I think it looks good for Saquon this next year. Uh, I think he's not going to have to just be like the sole focus of a defense, which I think might have been the reason he got injured in the first place. So, um, so yeah, I, I think the arrow is pointing up for him, and he's going to be my number two going into uh, this next year. All right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not mad. Uh, you know, I'm not – I don't disagree with anything you guys just said, and I'm, you know – I think I'm just a little bit more concerned. Uh, my number two is uh, Dalvin Cook, and that's going to be surprising to a lot of people, uh, I think. But you know, the guy's six months or seven months actually older than Christian McCaffrey. So I mean, age. I mean, he's 25. Age is not a uh, huge factor here. The last two years, he's finished as the uh, running back number two and the running back number six. Uh, and you know, he did have injuries for two years before that, but it's been two years since he's had a significant injury. Now he did miss one game last year because of a, a, a pulled hamstring or something along those lines. And then um, he missed a game because his father died. Um, but uh, you know, obviously I think uh, his health isn't really, and again, injury, it could happen to him. It, you know, he has had some major injuries in the past, but I mean, last season he had almost uh, 1600 rushing yards. He had 500 and uh, f- sorry, 1,575, uh, 16 touchdowns and uh, also 360 uh, reception yards on uh, almost 40 catches. So, I mean, it, it's, it, he's just so good. I still think he has uh, at least two or three years of being the center of the Vikings offense. It's an offense that I know is uh, a rushing offense that can uh, produce and be effective, unlike the Giants offense. Uh, on the, the the two games we saw with Saquon uh, before he got injured, he was not very good because it was a horrible offensive line and a horrible team. Now I do I do uh, understand Nathan's point here, but um, but yeah, I have Dalvin Cook number two because I just think uh, you know the past two seasons he's shown me they. Uh, he he's more dependable and uh when he's on the field has been more productive than saquon barkley so uh you know uh, if i'm drafting uh, dalvin cook i definitely have it in my mind that maybe in two years i'm going to be looking to trade him but uh for these next two years you know i'm going to ride it out and he's going to be my uh my running back number two any uh any major qualms with that guys or or you you guys want to move on to number three here we'll rank dalvin cook at some point we'll get to it yeah we will 
Good deal. Good deal. All right. Well, I'll go ahead and do my number three since you guys have already covered him. And my number three is Saquon Barkley. Now it's a very close, I I wouldn't be mad at anybody for taking Saquon. I mean, in dynasty, you're getting a year of both in the NFL and his age. So, uh, you know, I, I understand that argument. It's just, yeah, he hasn't, I mean, his two good seasons that he had, he finishes the RB one, which of course, uh, you know, made everybody fall in love with him. And, uh, and then the RB 10, which is still great. Um, so, you know, I think if he's healthy, I expect him to do something in between there, something between one and 10, uh, you know, uh, it could be on the higher end of that could be on the lower end of that, but definitely I don't have any qualms about him. If he's on the field, if he's healthy, it's more so just more trust in the Vikings offense, I think, uh, than, than the giants offense and the, um, and the system that they're, they're running there. But, um, yeah, I'll let you guys, uh, let's go, let's, let's go with Nathan and, uh, give us your number three. Oh, let me pull it up. I was for this uh my number three guys is going to be jonathan taylor yeah i uh, gonna go with the young guy here only gonna be 22 years old when the week one rolls around but uh this guy had an awesome finish to last year honestly since he took over for marlon mack he looked fantastic but um but yeah i'm gonna go with the youth and the upside here uh he is uh, one of the best rushers in the NFL already, just as a pure runner. I think he can improve in the passing game. Um, one of his limitations is that he, you know, has Naheem Hines there and Marlon Mack got re-signed, although, you know, we'll see how he comes back from the Achilles tear. Um, but, you know, he, he may not get used a ton in that receiving role. So I think that does limit his upside a little bit, but he's going to get a ton of rushes and he's running behind the best uh, offensive line in the NFL, especially when you're talking about running the football, they are the best at that. So they're going to pound him behind Quentin Nelson. And uh, yeah, I think they're going to use him to take pressure off of Carson Wentz uh, and try to get him more comfortable in the pocket this next year. So I, uh, yeah, I just, I love what I saw from Jonathan Taylor last year. Um, he's, you know, I, I agree that Dalvin Cook probably has more upside for this next year, but um, you know, Taylor's four years younger. So I'm, I'm just going to go with the youth here. And, um, you know, I'll talk about it in a bit, but I have uh, some concerns about uh, Cook's like long-term durability. But, um, but yeah, Taylor just seems to be like the ideal running back. I mean, his, his speed score was off the charts. I mean, it even beat Adrian Peterson's by a mile. Um, he's, he's a big, strong, fast back. He's everything you're looking for. So he, he was very durable at Wisconsin. And I think we're going to see the same in the NFL. So, um, yeah, Jonathan Taylor, he's my number three going forward. All right. Uh, Micah, you are the last guy to do your number three. So go ahead. Uh, so my number three, and it makes me want to throw up and saying it because he's a new Orleans saint, but, uh, Alvin Kamara is my number three running back. And I'm going to tell everyone about this slippery son of a bitch. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't, no one can see the faces that y'all are making, but um, nah, dude. And, okay. Oh, oh. No, no, no. I'm, I'm laughing at the face. Just go, just go, keep going. Okay, well, I'm going to continue talking about him, which I took as the fourth running back off the board in our first round of our dynasty draft that we're finishing up. And there's a reason why I took him um, as the fourth running back off the board is because the dude's a monster. He destroys it every single year. Like he's been getting like 80 receptions every season and that's not going to stop. 
Like, it's insane in PPR, like, how much points he gets from that. And then this next year, Michael Thomas coming back off an injury. Who knows if he's going to be the same. Um, outside of that, there's not really very many receiving options on that team. I know Adam Troutman's going to come in and Traquan Smith, but, dude, Kamara's going to get the ball a ton. And I know people were saying when Taysom Hill was starting at quarterback, he wasn't getting the ball thrown a ton. It's like, why would you feed Kamara when you have to figure out what Taysom Hill is? Because you need to know if you want to continue with Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston. So that's why he didn't do that great when Drew Brees wasn't playing is because they had to see what they had in their other quarterbacks. And I feel like that's why he didn't get as many touches when they were there. But, dude, we saw what he did in the championship last year. They were still trying to win football games. Yeah, they're trying. No, I do think, though, that that's what they have to do. Especially one of those games this past year was against the Broncos when they had a freaking wide receiver (laughs) starting at quarterback. So you might as well let Taysom Hill air it out and not use Kamara. There's the perfect game. It's practically a scrimmage. Um, But, no, dude, I just think that he didn't get a lot of wear and tear on him in college. He's about to be 25 or 26 at the start of the season. Um, I think he doesn't take a lot of big hits anyway because he doesn't run up the middle. He maybe carries it about 10 times a game and gets about like 10 targets a game. So he's got it broken up and he's not just getting slammed. And he hasn't had a ton of injury history, which I really like. And I really really think Kamara is going to be the third best running back in this draft um, for anyone who's doing a startup at the moment. And you probably can't trade for him because his value is sky high after this past season, as it should be, because he's that good. So, yep, Alvin, he's number three. All right, yeah, I mean, well, we'll get into it later. I I definitely don't disagree that, like, this next season, you know, that would be – I would rank him somewhere around there, but, but yeah. But that's okay. All right, well, we're going to move on to number four here and let Nathan start us out with his number four. Yeah, so my number four will be Dalvin Cook. Uh, I have him here. Uh, Josiah had him at number two, but but, uh, I have a little bit of concerns with his injury history. Um, I've mentioned this before, but he's he's never completed a whole season in the NFL without having some sort of injury problem. Um, In his first two years, it was much worse. So I, you know, he hasn't been able to sustain the whole season. And I'm just concerned about, you know, if and when he breaks down, like, is it going to be in the playoffs or, you know, you know, his upside is fantastic, but I just don't know when he's going to miss games. Um, But like I said, when he's on the field, he's fantastic. He averaged uh, almost 26 points a game last year in the 14 games he was in. Um, That was an improvement over his last year even, but uh, he's still, he'll be uh, 26 when week one rolls around. So he'll, he's, um, He's starting to get a little up there in age, but I mean, he's still in the meat of his career. So, um, but like Josiah said, after, if you do draft him after maybe one or two years, I would be trying to trade him away because, you know, guys like him, I think he makes a living off of just breaking angles and just like having the speed to just run away from defenses. And I think that speed and that burst is kind of the first thing to go athletically for running backs. Um, whereas you look at someone like Derrick Henry, power tends to be the last thing that goes. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, Dalvin Cook's still elite, still my running back four in startups going forward. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, for me, uh, it looks like we're going to have the same top four here, Nathan, because uh, I have Jonathan Taylor at four. And for me, there's a tier here. So one through four, I mean, I, I'd say it's pretty hard to make an argument against McCaffrey at one. But outside of that, uh, I think the top four guys for me are the only guys that I would be comfortable taking in the first round. Um, 
but uh you know that being said i mean maybe you know if you have the 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 112 maybe you know there's some other guys if you're you know getting the back-to-backs or whatever but yeah for me this i think of these guys as first round dynasty running backs uh for the top four but yeah jonathan taylor i mean you know nathan gave some really good analysis but um in his rookie year, he finishes the RB6, which the only person to do have a better um, fantasy season in their rookie year as a running back was Saquon Barkley. Um, so that's super impressive. Uh, he had a, uh, over 1,100 yards rushing, 11 touchdowns. He also has some PPR upside, which Nathan mentioned is probably going to be a little bit limited this year. Um, but, you know, it's still going to be there. There's going to be more so than, you know, other guys like I do think Jonathan Taylor sometimes gets re- compared to Derrick Henry a little bit, but I, I think he has a little bit more PPR upside uh, than, than Henry ever had. Now, that being said, you know, Henry's uh, more powerful than him. But anyways, uh, yeah, he does have some PPR upside, so I do like that, and that's why he, I do see him still in this this top uh, four range, even in even in the uh, PPR format that we, t- that we always play in, um, where this, the other three guys definitely have a much higher – uh, PPR upside. But that being said, Jonathan Taylor, um, you know, he's super solid, super young. He's 22. You're going to have a nice long run with him. If you're going for, uh, you know, a younger build, he's definitely the guy I would take here. And, you know, it's interesting. You could almost have like separate, like when now rankings and, and, you know, uh, like future build rankings, I guess, but you know, this is just us trying to average this. So, Jonathan Taylor at four is what I got. But, uh, Micah, why don't you close this out with your number four? Uh, the same number four as you, Jonathan Taylor. Um, I actually took him in the draft. Uh, I, I ended up trading for him, and he went to pick after Kamara. So, like my rankings, Kamara and then Jonathan Taylor. But you can't go wrong with either one. Um, dude, Jonathan Taylor is behind the best O-line in the NFL. He's going to be playing six games against the AFC South every year. And outside of Saxonville's one really good season, the defenses in that division aren't very good. And he's going to feast in so many games. And it's not just going to be them. The O-line's going to maul everybody. He's going to have so many holes to run through. And this is all on top of how ridiculously talented this guy is. Uh, I think the only reason why he fell into the second round where he did and didn't get taken before that is people liked Clyde Edwards-Alaire and DeAndre Swift's ability to be a third down back and kind of be like a receiver-type role. And Jonathan Taylor can do that, not to that extent, because those guys are just a lot quicker than he is. But he's just a much better runner. His vision is amazing. He's able to run over people and fall forward almost every time. So many runs, like he doesn't fall backwards. He falls forward almost every single time. And he's just he's going to be a monster for years. He's 22 years old. People said he had mileage on him coming into the league, but I don't see that affecting him. And he's going to be a monster. Uh, He's the number four running back. And it's crazy that a guy in only his second year is already a top five back in the league. So, Don Taylor, let's keep rolling, boys. We'll keep rolling. And Nathan, you want to? I'll actually say, like, I think he could have even a little bit more PR upside than that because, like, comparing him to, like, Clyde and these other guys, Jonathan Taylor runs a 4-3, not 40. I mean, this guy is faster than pretty much all those guys. So, I think if, uh, you know, nine nine nines go somewhere else or they decide to utilize him more in that role, uh, I think he could handle it. But uh, we'll just have to see. And what really helped him is he had a 95% completion percentage on balls thrown to him his rookie year. 
there's I think there's one or two passes that were incompletions that were thrown to him. So he's got good hands, and I really like seeing that. So hopefully he'll get more work in the future, which he if he does, my God, <laughs> be yeah. better. Interesting. That's a good stat, my good. Um, all right. Yeah, let's uh, go ahead and move on to our number five here. And uh, I think I want to start this out because I'm really hoping I'm the high guy on my number five. Uh, and my number five is Nick Chubb. And, uh, you know, I think that uh, his last two seasons, he's finished as the RB11 and the uh, RB8. But this last season, when he finished as the RB11, keep in mind, he only played 12 games. So he was out a full four games um, due to an injury. So, uh, again, injuries aren't really something I'm, I'm too concerned. He's actually a very durable running back, but it can happen to any of these guys. So, um, but you know, I think the big concern that a lot of people have with Nick Chubb is Kareem hunt. And, you know, we saw last, last year that this offense can support both of these guys on a game to game basis. Like Nick Chubb can get over 20 points and Kareem hunt can, can still score a touchdown or two. Like it's, it's, uh, it's pretty, pretty awesome. And uh, I think that the big thing is, it's just with Nick Chubb is if Kareem Hunt does get traded or maybe next year they move on from him or whatever, there is going to be this PPR value that he isn't seen uh, as having that's going to be unlocked. Um, so, so yeah, I, I, I definitely see in the future Nick Chubb's value uh, like increasing. I don't think we've seen the best of Nick Chubb yet at all. And, uh, yeah, I just, I really trust the Browns offense. Um, and that's something I did weight pretty highly. I think is just how I, you know, and I think this is, you know, most of us probably, we all did this to some degree, but just how much I trust the offense and how much they're going to base their offense around the the rushing game. And it's hard to find a team, uh, you know, maybe outside of the Minnesota Vikings that, uh, base their, their offense more around the run game than the Cleveland Browns. So Nick Chubb, number five for me, um, you know, he'll be 25 next season, still nice and young. Uh, he's he's going to get re-signed to a second contract in Cleveland because I can tell you living in Cleveland, uh, people are going to revolt if he doesn't. So uh, it's, it's going to happen. So um, yeah, Nick Chubb, number five. Uh, we'll move on to you, Micah, and let you give your number five. Oh, you mean big hoss, Derek Henry? Yes, sir. He is my number five running back. Oh man, dude, Derrick Henry. He he he's just a different animal. He just is. Like I get that he's about to be twenty-seven, but dude, that guy just destroys people. And with how like people are trying to like have faster defenses and run nickel packages more, there's a lot more smaller guys, dude. And he's just able to bulldoze over him over so many people and that's why like I've been high on AJ Dillon before because I've had that feeling of smaller guys on defense these bigger guys are going to feast and dude Derrick Henry's been doing it the last two years and if you're going to have Derrick Henry he's one of the best backs to have because if you have him the next two to three seasons you're for sure getting just an absolute and utter like utter advantage at running back position um He's going to end up playing, I think, longer than most people think. And I don't like the idea of people thinking that once they hit 30, they go downhill. Uh, I just think there's like was a little gap where they weren't super talented running backs and they kind of fell off and some ended up lasting. But I think just like this other this new prop of guys, I think they're really going to last a little bit longer. And I think that really includes Derrick Henry and um Derek Henry's just gonna get fed the ball they didn't use him a ton his first couple years at Alabama and his first few years in Tennessee so he doesn't have as much mileage as you would think on a guy that's been in the league for this long and they made a point to build the offense around him and that's why they gave him a four-year deal 
So I think Derrick Henry is the number five back. And if you can get him at the end of the first round, because people are probably going to, after the top four get off the board, they're probably going to start taking Justin Jefferson's and Joe Burrows and whatnot. And then that's when you sag Derrick Henry and you let people realize why they let him slip was a bad idea. All right. All right. That was your number five. And, uh, Nathan, I feel like you might have a similar similar person at your number five potentially. Uh, close, very very oh, close. No. <laughs> but yeah. you see, number yeah. five is Mr. Cam Akers of the Los Angeles Rams. Yes, sir. Josiah is hating life right now. That's so much hype. Yes, it is, and for good reason. When <laughs> yeah. He uh, he finished last year on an insane level, and uh, and Sean McVay has come out and said like he thinks of him as a very special player. Like he thinks he can be a workhorse back. He believes that he can get much more involved in the passing game in this next year, and that's been like the biggest concern about him. But I think Cam Akers has a ton of upside. He's in an amazing offense that put Todd Gurley as the RB one. I, uh, yeah, I don't think he's quite as talented as that, but he was amazing on a very terrible FSU team. And now that he's actually on a good team, he's going to show what he can do. So I, I've watched this guy enough. I love what I see here. Uh, he's only going to be 22 when the season starts. So, um, he's a full five years younger than Derrick Henry. So here I'm going with the youth and the upside here and I'm going with Cam Akers. Oh, wow. Well, okay. I, I guess I'll say my piece because Cam Akers isn't in my top 12 running backs, but um, I, I, there's just so many other guys here that have proven like, okay. So I don't know if you have this on hand and if it's going to take too long, Nathan, that's fine. But during that great stretch, how many, how many points did he average? Like during that three or four game stretch? What was I just, I, just so I can understand. All right. So, I'll, all right, his first six games, he averaged under nine touches a game, had 38 yards per game. So you're averaged, giving me way more averaged, than that. He averaged six points per game his first six games. His last seven games, he averaged almost 22 touches a game, 113 yards per game, and over 18 fantasy points per game, almost as much as Nick Chubb did last year over a seven-game span. Now, that includes the playoffs. That's why I say his first six games versus his last seven games. But oh, and in all six of those final games, or in all six of his final six games, uh, he had, like, over 60% of the snap share in every one of them. And in his last game, he had 96% of the snap share. I mean, he's just one of these guys that can be a workhorse, and he's young, and he's in a fantastic offense. So... I'm going with Cam Akers. Okay. All right. So 18 points a game is is was his like fantastic upside. So I just feel like there's so many other <laughs> and a half. So great. And that's awesome. I mean, that's a guy I want on my team. I totally get that. And if that ha- great average through that that that's, great span has persists. Same as what Jonathan Taylor had. Right, right. And if that persists throughout his career, that well, that's what Jonathan Taylor had throughout the season. Yeah, over 15 games. And- yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> that's a, that's yeah, a. Good but Cam Akers was injured. That's not the way. You, well, that's not the way. Okay, okay. we're getting way too deep in this. I just want to say, 
there's so many other guys that have proven it for way longer sure. and pr- done it way better than 18 points. No, okay. That, that's okay. I just, I, just uh, I have three guys here that I know have averaged oh. that have for several years, probably averaged over 18 points a game, or at least like throughout this. And th- and that's the thing, even if it is 18 points throughout the season, that's way more impressive than show back like 15 points a game last year or like in 2019. Last year he averaged uh, 18.9. Yeah, yeah, that that's fine. I, I, what I'm saying is though, like, uh, it's it's fine, it's fine. It's, it's, okay, but it's okay. over look, a much look. longer span that he has that 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 consistency. I, I we're agree with way what you. Into this. No, 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 no. Let me say something real quick. Okay, I'm much okay. Ho- closer to Nathan's viewpoint of Cam Akers than I am to your viewpoint of Cam Akers, Josiah. I do think it's kind of ridiculous Nathan has him in the top five because of everything you said. I like to see at least two seasons out of players before I'm going and drafting them that high. Even though Jonathan Taylor is the exception, but he has the best O-line. And he has he has the best O-line in the NFL, and that is why I have him ranked as high as I – because I know he's for sure win now. But, okay, but anyways, Josiah, you still shouldn't have him not in your top 12, but – I do like agree with you, and that's why I have some of these guys who have produced, and I have them higher than I have like Cam Akers and um, DeAndre Swift. Like I have them lower because I want to see more before I can really put them up here. Every other guy I have in my top ten rankings, except for Derrick Henry, or sorry, top twelve rankings, except Derrick Henry, is 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 going to catch forty or more passes this year. Cam Akers is not going to do that, so I I just. That's why he's not in my top 10 in a PPR fantasy league. But I'm sorry, top 12. I keep saying 10. But anyways, let's move on. This is not a Cam Akers podcast. Nathan's number five is Cam Akers. Um, Let's move on to Micah's number five. Did we do your number five, Micah? Yes, I had Mr. Derrick Henry. Okay, so I think we're moving on to number six here. Um, And why don't you do number six then? Well, you know how we we were just speaking about guys who have proven that they can be NFL running backs and what they can do, and he is going to be the steal of every single startup draft. I got Ezekiel Elliott number six. I just I have him, dude. He's going to bounce back huge this year with Dak coming back and getting Tyron Smith and Zach Barton added to the O line. That dude, that defense is going to be so awful with Dan Quinn at the helm, and they didn't add much to it. And, dude, they're going to be scoring a lot of points. Zeke is going to be feasting. And the thing with Zeke is that he's such an excellent pass blocker that he was at more receiving snaps out of the backfield than Alvin Kamara was. He was the only running back to have over 100 of them. So he's always going to have that chance to be able to get an extra catch or two just because, you know, most times you're going to have, like, a pass block and dip out. And that's going to happen to him a lot. And, dude, that, that whole offense is just going to feast everybody and for the next few years. And I've said before that I think Ezekiel Elliott's a running back that's going to be able to last till his mid-30s. I see him as one of the few guys that can make it past that hump and still be productive for a while. And that's why I'm going with Zeke at number six. I'm sure of what Zeke is, and I know it's still going to be coming for the next few years. So I can't pass it up. Plus, if you're in a startup drive, you can get him at the end second, early third. And you can't go wrong yeah. after all these other running backs are gone and what's left, like Zeke's your man right there. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't hate that. I mean, he's a 
I'll talk about him later, but, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I knew you were going to be the highest on Zeke, but I'm not actually, I'm actually not angry with your ranking of him, I guess. So thank you. Um, let's, uh, I'll go to, I'll go to my number six here. Uh, actually Nathan, why don't you, you did the last one last time. So you'll, you do your number six this time. Do, do, do. Number six, I have, yeah, it's going to be Derrick Henry. Um, a lot of the same reason Micah said, but um, one, I don't believe that you're going to start seeing a bunch of running backs playing fantastic when they're 33 and 35. I think that's reserved for like all time great athletic freaks like uh, Frank Gore and Adrian Peterson. Um, but I think Derrick Henry is kind of an echelon athletic freak, uh, as far, especially with his size. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just, yeah, I mean, we haven't seen a guy that kind of like physically dominant, uh, maybe since like Earl Campbell or something, but he's just, uh, he's way bigger than everybody else and he just doesn't get injured. And it's one of the reasons he's so fantastic during playoff season is like, he just, he gets stronger or he, I think he just remains the same. Like he doesn't get nicked up as much as the other players do. And by the end of the season, the defenses have just had it and he just runs rough shot over them. So uh, I, I just think, and, you know, his coaches come out recently and saying like his work ethic, he thinks that will allow Henry to play for a long time and keep handling the workload he has. Um, that tells me that they don't plan on decreasing it anytime soon. And Henry wants the rock. So I, I think he's going to keep doing what he's doing. He was fantastic last year, averaged uh, over 23 points a game. So, uh, you know, he doesn't get a lot of receptions, but uh, he, he still produces fantastically. So, um, yeah, he, he actually uh, averaged like almost six points more a game uh, this last year than in 2019. So he seems to be improving with age. And uh, so, yeah, I, I had the turn pick in our draft with 12 uh, players in it, our super flex. So, and I grabbed uh, Acres and Henry at the end. I felt like that was a good blend of youth and uh, age and experience. And if you can do the same with someone like Jonathan Taylor and uh, another guy, uh, you know, or even Henry himself, that uh, I think that's a really good combo. So, um, so yeah, Derek Henry is my RB uh, RB six. Yeah. Okay. And uh, and and Micah, where did you you had Henry at five, Micah? Yep, five. You're actually the high guy um, on, on, on Henry there. That's interesting. But, yeah, okay, uh, moving on to my number six, and uh, that is uh, Mr. Alvin Kamara. And um, I, you know, still feel a little bit weird of my ranking of him here. But the thing is, is I, I did just mention earlier that, like, my kind of threshold for, you know, RB1 material is 40 catches. Yeah, just like Micah said, uh, his last four years, uh, he caught uh, – well, he caught 81 catches catches three years in a row and this past year he caught 83 and so they should have just thrown him two less passes so he could have had 81 consistently we could have just statted that out every year 81 catches just consistently but anyways uh yeah that's double what i'm what i'm looking for here so uh, i do think he's going to get a lot less this year because micah i disagreed with some of your analysis uh, uh rushing quarterbacks is what what ruins rb targets it's it's not about Taysom Hill getting a shot or anything about that. It's when a quarterback rushes out of the pocket, when he scrambles, instead of taking that dump off route that drastically limits the amount of catches. Now, Drew Brees, that's what he was, you know, that's what he did. And I mean, not, he did a lot more than that throughout his career, but he did a lot of that, especially towards the end of his career. Um, I don't think Taysom Hill is going to do that. And I do think that Jameis Winston, 
Austin would do that mm-hmm. to a degree, but not to not to the degree that that Breeze was doing it at all. And and in fact, Jameis Winston is a down the field thrower. He had one of the highest uh, the average depths of targets on his throws uh, of all time. Actually, in his last season, we saw him as a Buccaneer. So I, I do worry about Alvin Kamara this year and maybe him finally dropping off. But that being said, I've been off of Kamara for so long. I've never drafted him. And the past four years, here we go. Uh, running back one last year, running back nine the year before, running back four the year before that, running back three. It's just I've been wrong too many times to mm-hmm. to rank him too deep. Mike, I did think your draft uh, drafting him over some other guys was a little bit of a reach, but that being said, you circling back around and getting Jonathan Taylor was an awesome combination. Uh, that's yep. definitely going to be a really just and, and yours too, too, Nathan, not to take anything away from Nathan's moves either. But uh, yeah, Kamara number six for me. That's about all I got to say on that. We can move on to number seven and uh, let Nathan start at number seven. It's going to be Chubb of a dub dub. It's Nick Chubb here at RV7. Um, oh my God. I, you know, we're all Georgia fans here, and it's it was very difficult to not draft Nick Chubb with either one of those two picks. It really was. Uh, but I did a lot of analysis on it and basically you know it just came down to you know I would knew I wanted one of these young running backs you know Cam Akers felt me I knew I wanted to get him and it was basically choosing between Henry and Chubb and I feel like a lot of people are going to be making that same choice so what it came down to for me is like Henry has scored more points than Chubb per game the past three years in a row um, he has had no injuries of any note, like, and Chubb has had, you know, the knee injury last year. And then, you know, he shredded his knee in college. Um, and, you know, I, I am always concerned of the uh, Georgia running back knee curse now with Todd Gurley and Sonny Michelle. So, um, uh, and Terrell Davis now that we're thinking about it, mm-hmm. but, um, but yeah, so I, uh, it's just like Henry has been more durable. Chubb is younger, but Henry is still more durable. Uh, he's in a fantastic offense. And I just, I think he has a little bit more upside because he doesn't have Kareem Hunt there. Like in all honesty, I think Nick Chubb is a better running back in real football than Derek Henry is. Uh, I think he does more things well. I think he can make more things happen with less. And uh, he's more, you know, athletically gifted, especially side to side. But in, in fantasy purposes, he has Kareem Hunt there and Derrick Henry hasn't gotten nicked up at all. So for me, that was kind of the tiebreaker. Uh, and that's what caused me to rank Derrick Henry higher. But Chubb is fantastic. He's my RB7. Uh, still going to be great for the Browns going forward. He's been a consistent RB1 when he's been on the field. And that's been often. So um, and like he started to catch the ball a little bit more. Uh, you know, they've started using him more in that role. But unfortunately, Kareem Hunt does rob him of some of those targets. But so, uh, yeah, Nick Chubb is my RB7. He's still a good uh, mid-tier RB1. All right. Um, all right, I'll go ahead and move into my number seven here, and uh, I think I'm going to be the first guy to mention this guy's name as well. Uh, got another Georgia running back here and Mr. Uh, DeAndre Swift. And, um, yeah, I mean, uh, he played 13 games last year and finishes the RB18. Uh, and at the end of the season in particular, we really saw an uptick, particularly in his PPR uh, value, but um, he only rushed for a little over 500 yards, but he had eight touchdowns, which is actually a crazy amount of touchdowns for that little to yard. So, um, you know, hopefully that can remain true and he'll, he'll be the guy to give it to in, in the, in the, in the red zone, even though they did get, um, 
Jamal Williams in the off season that, that he will be competing uh, with some catches uh, with some touches. I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah, I just think the PPR upside of this guy. I mean, I think uh, he, if I were to say, okay, one of these next generation rookie running backs, or he's not a rookie anymore, but which one is going to become the next Alvin Kamara? It would definitely, my answer would be Deandre Swift. And that's kind of what I'm projecting. Uh, now I know I, maybe you'd say I'm unfair because I got on to Nathan and there are probably, there are guys that are more proven uh, that I'm ranking uh, DeAndre Swift above. So, so, uh, you know, I understand, but I just think for me, the PPR upside as well as the rushing upside, which I think he does both so well. And uh, in this new offense with Dan Campbell, I really think he's going to try to predicate the offense on the rush as well, especially this, this next year's rendition of the offense. He's going to have to do that to some degree because he doesn't have a lot of options in the past game. So um, I, I really think it's going to be a big breakout season for DeAndre Swift if, if you don't consider last year his breakout season. Um, so, yeah, I have him as my RB7. Again, there's some guys here that definitely are more proven than him that I can understand, but I just uh, I think if you're going to take a swing on a young upside guy, uh, Swift is the guy to do it on. So, um, so yeah, Swift at number seven for me. Micah, move on. Oh. What is this your number seven? You didn't. Yeah. Yes, number it is. It is my you. number seven. Um, so a lot of what you said, Nathan, about ranking Derrick Henry above Nick Chubb is the exact reasons as why I have Dalvin Cook ranked at seven ahead of Nick Chubb at eight. So Dalvin, dude, they gave him a five-year contract. It's Gary Kubiak's son running that offense. They want to run the ball. That offense is practically built around Dalvin, and there's not very many running backs where that's the case. And, dude, like, I think Chubb mm -hmm. is the more talented running back, and what hurts him is Kareem Hunt and the Browns offense. Um, but Dalvin's going to get fed the ball, and, dude, Dalvin's really talented himself. Like, people will kind of underestimate how, like, good that guy is at football. And he's one of the quick, quickest, shiftiest dudes in the league. And I, I would want to have him higher. And I know a lot of people do, like you did, Josiah. It's just the injuries scare me. I really hate that he's missed two full seasons. Um, he's a little bit of a smaller back. He's not like the physical beast like Saquon is, for example. Um, so, And that's why I just have him dipping for me. I still think he's going to do great the next two years, barring injury. But – I, I don't know how it is for his longevity, um, but I would still have him over Chubb just because I think that he's going to just get fed the ball. And if he is healthy, my God, he's going to be so good for you. So I just think his ceiling is so high that I have to have him ahead of Chubb, but Chubb will be my eighth. And if Kareem Hunt could get out of the way and he could just continue on, like he could be a lot like a top five because he might be one of the most talented running backs in the NFL. And I really hope that Chubb can actually showcase that more this year and he could be a better fantasy option. But until that happens, he'll be my RB8 right behind some of these guys that I think are going to be the focal points of their offenses. So, all right. So yeah. you kind of gave you kind of gave your seven and eight there. So you got, yeah, yeah. You got so I have, you know, a seven. I have, um, oh yeah, my God. Dalvin Cook, yeah. I got – And then you got Nick Chubb at eight. I got Nick Chubb. Okay, that's um, cool. Hey, that's cool. Cool to kill two birds with one stone. Hey, I do want to pick your brain real quick about something uh, with you ranking Dalvin Cook this low, or mm -hmm. in my opinion, this low. Um, so can I ask – do you feel like it's a perception thing with the injury? Because, like, why are you more concerned with – 
Dalvin Cooks, like who hadn't had a major injury in two years, but you know, you're still okay with forgiving Saquon and Christian McCaffrey, who you know missed all of last season. Uh, like, I, I, why are we more, why are we penalizing Dalvin Cook more for his injury that was a further well, time ago than some of these other guys? Like, the offense is built around him, but he's also like running in the middle, getting hit by linebackers, where they're more playing on the outside and they're getting hit by safeties and corners and, and not the biggest guys on defense. And that's what scares me about Dalvin is the way he's going to be running. But he does slip away and he gets away a lot of the times. But I think he's going to take more hits. And plus, he's not as big as – I know Christian McCaffrey's not like a huge guy, but he's still like pretty well like as big as Dalvin Cook or even a bit bigger. But guys like Saquon, Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry, all these guys ahead of him are much bigger. And I feel safer with them. And when you're pe- picking people this high in the draft, I think you honestly have to go with safest that you know for sure are going to be great. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I can I can definitely say say that he's riskier than some of these other guys. I get that argument. Um, I just think sometimes we brand guys as injury prone, and, and then and then they're not. You know, like for yeah, instance, and then Frank Gore had this reputation because he tore his ACL, I think, his rookie year, mm-hmm. um, and uh, then got another injury his second year. So everybody's like, "Oh, Frank Gore's fragile," and now he's you know literally the Iron Man of the NFL. So. I think we need to cut these guys some slack, but that being said, I do understand your, your concern about maybe the risk factor, not being as big of a deal with, with the guys we have. So. And my injury concern more with Dalvin isn't just like, cause like obviously the other guys, this guys miss time, almost all running backs do. But like my point was more Dalvin cook has missed time in every season. Like those guys have put together 16 game complete seasons all the way through. And like Dalvin has not, yet done that so um that was more my concern yeah last year was pretty close though i mean like one of the games wasn't an injury and the other game probably could have played in it was more of a precautionary thing but i understand it's it's true nothing he 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 didn't play because he was scared of the falcons atlanta came to minnesota and he was scared of the defense so he sat out can you blame him that's the falcons defense strikes fear and all that's that's probably what it is but Anyways, uh, well, Micah, you went ahead and gave us your number eight, so uh, I'm going to go ahead and give my number eight, uh, and it's Derrick Henry, and you know, hearing your guys' analysis, I can definitely see the argument. I'd bump him maybe up to seven above DeAndre Swift, just because if I was picking in the first round or if those two guys were the guys left there, I think maybe I would lean more towards the sure thing. Yeah. And if you're getting on to me about proven guys and experience, hey, and this that's and that. what I'm saying. I'm calling myself <laughs> out. My only thing with Henry, the reason why I put Swift above of him is just because Henry is the only guy in my top 12 rankings that's currently 27. And now listen, I understand when guys are outliers, we want to believe that they're always going to be outliers. And if they're an outlier on the field, they're going to be an outlier in age and durability. I mean, to this point, Derrick Henry has proven that he is, but I'm not sure. I do think there's a little bit of a risk. Um, You know, you might be getting the last you know, he was RB three last year, RB five, uh, the year before that. Uh, so, you know, hopefully he'll stay within that range, but I do wonder if some of these higher PPR guys are going to slowly start overtaking him as he starts to decline. Um, so for me, that's why I have him at eight and I am going to keep him here, but I, I do see the argument to have him above, um, uh, have him as high as seven above Swift. But anyways, Derek Henry at eight, you guys gave really good analysis. I won't say much more other than I think I am a little bit more, 
just worried about the longevity of the pick. But ha- that that being said, if this were redraft rankings, he'd be you know probably number three. So uh, so I totally I totally see the the appeal for the next year and maybe hopefully longer. Um, but yeah, twenty seven is just where I get a little bit worried about these guys. But uh, that's where I have him at eight. So um, Nathan, go ahead and give us your number eight. Yeah, my only point would be uh, fantasy is all about winning money. When you break it down, it's about winning money. And yeah. when you get to the money-making games, Derrick Henry's going to play for you. But yeah, uh, Fair point. But, yeah. Um, but no, I, I don't disagree with your, you know, your weaknesses on him uh, very much. But number eight, uh, I guess I'm going to be the high guy on him. It's going to be Najee Harris playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I have him as RB8. I'm going with the youth here, although some people say, ah, he's going to be 23 by the time the season starts. Uh, That may be so, but he has uh, quite a bit less tread on his tires coming out than Jonathan Taylor did. So I still think he's got plenty left in the tank, and he is a very, very, very good receiver out of the backfield, especially for his size. Uh, He's by far the best pure runner in this class. Uh, and, you know, look at where we're ranking some of these rookies from last year. I mean, Swift, Akers, Jonathan Taylor. I mean, they're all up here um, for one or the other of us. So, yeah, I, I think Harris is going to be one of those guys. He, he's already said that the Steelers have talked about playing him all over the field, splitting him out a receiver, which I think he will succeed at. Um, I, you know, had this theory before they drafted him, and now it just seems to reinforce him. But I really do think they plan on using him like they used Le'Veon Bell back in the day. Um, and he, I think he'll fit that scheme very, very well. So um, I think his upside is tremendous. And, yeah, he's he's my RB8 going forward. I know the uh, Steelers don't have, like, the best O-line. Uh, they did spend, I think, three draft picks on O-line later in the draft uh, to help shore that up. But they uh, – yeah, I just, uh, you know, the Steelers are a very, very well-run organization, and Mike Tomlin knows what he's doing. So they're going to figure out any deficiencies that they have, and Najee Harris is going to come in to take the pressure off of Big Ben. And we've seen running backs even on shitty offenses, like Todd Gurley's first year. He was on, like, probably the most horrible one, the Jeff Fisher offense, and he's still a fantastic back. So, um, so yeah, Najee Harris is going to be my RB8. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's 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 bold there, bud. I, but I, 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 won't, I won't give away my ranking yet, but I will say he was my hardest rank in here. And I mentioned that to you guys before the episode started. But uh, I do like you uh, stick, you know, putting him there. I know he hasn't hit the field yet, but yeah, I don't I don't uh, disagree with anything you said. And, and I would like to rank him that high, um, but I do have some concerns uh, and it was really hard to figure out where to put him in all this but anyways uh is that all of our number eights there mm-hmm. yeah move on uh to number nine and i'll start out with number nine and uh give a guy that i took in the draft and uh i was deciding between a couple of guys um but aaron jones is the guy he's my number nine um i was deciding between uh Z- ezekiel elliott joe mixon um those are the main guys uh clyde edwards hilaire was there those were the main guys i was considering um, but, uh, yeah, I went with Aaron Jones. Um, he just got re-signed. I don't think a lot of people expected that. A lot of people were expecting him to take a big hit in dynasty just cause we didn't expect his situation to be as good as it is in the past. But, uh, 
You know, I think just because his name is Aaron Jones, you know, just this boring <laughs> ass name, it's people a, don't give him the respect. Name. People don't respect him. But listen to this RB5 and RB2 in the past two seasons, that's better than Dalvin Cook's past two seasons. I mean, uh, nobody thinks of him in that way. Yet every year he's, I mean, gets get ridiculous touchdowns, tons of PPR value. Uh, and, and what's awesome about it is, you know, the Rodgers hype is really putting a, a damper on all of the Packers value right now. Uh, uh, but I really think even if he goes, they're going to have to lean on Aaron Jones even more. And Jordan Love is going to be dumping it off to Aaron Jones. So, uh, you know, I really think that, his his value is going to stay solid and he's he's only 26 um you know and maybe in two years i'm going to be looking to trade him but for now i'm going to ride this train he's been a top five running back three of the past four years i'm sorry top eight running back three of the past four years and uh yeah i just don't think he gets enough respect so i'm uh i'm, I'm putting some respect on his name and ranking him as my number nine running back good for you um i will move on to <laughs> <laughs> Next we'll move on. All right, Micah. I'll let you we'll let you go to your number nine then since you're so smart. So I think this is an appropriate place um ranking for him, but I have Cam Akers number nine. Um I I said a lot with Dalvin Cook about them building the offense around him. And I don't think they're gonna build the offense around him in LA. But he's going to be like a focal point of that offense. What does McVay like to do? He likes to run the ball and set up play action. That is literally what he does. And dude, Stafford is one of the best at that. That's why I think Stafford is going to destroy it in that offense. It was just perfect. And so, dude, and now the safe running. Like yep. he did that a lot with the line. What'd you say? I didn't hear you. He likes to throw the uh, running backs. Stafford uh, is. Yeah, he throws to running backs a lot out of quarterbacks. So I think I can give an uptick in Cam Akers with his receiving. Um, But, dude, he's going to get used. They like him a lot. They spent early draft capital on Cam Akers for a reason. And, I mean, look at Tutu Atwell. I have no idea why they took him in the second round. Something tells me they did it for some reason. And because they've been right on a lot of their draft picks recently. And that's another reason why I believe in Cam Akers. That front office has been drafting so well without first round picks. It's honestly, they don't get enough credit for it. And so that's just that organization believes in Cam. It makes me believe in Cam. His talent's there. The usage is there. Um, The only reason why I don't have him higher is because it was just his first season and he didn't get to play the whole year. Um, but dude, if he comes out and plays 16, 17 games this next season, like, oh my God, you know what, Nathan, you might not be so crazy making them top five. So he's got the potential. I think it can happen. I just want to see it happen for a year, which I think will happen. So Cam Akers, and he's going to squeeze in here. Yeah, and I want to be clear, guys. I know that it. Uh, I, I won't. I won't lie. I mean, I definitely Cam Akers was in consideration for my top twelve here. I think I. I don't. I won't even go so far as to say I think it was a bad pick by you, Nathan, at all. Where you took him, uh, I understand the potential you see. I guess it's just I haven't seen it yet, and I do just worry that the guys I have ranked above him, I have them ranked above because I trust their PPR value, and I just I. Haven't seen that yet, but look, if it happens, I'm going to be wrong and I'll have to eat shit right here on this podcast. And uh, you guys will enjoy that very much. So, um, well, and this is like, you know, I'll, I'll make one point. You talked about how strong Swift finished at the end of last year and he did, he finished very strong. I did kind of this 
breakout between a lot of these rookie RBs ended up playing like 13 games or so. It was weird, but I did that same breakout for Swift. Um, and he, his last seven games were strong as well. But I mean, even still with his PPR upside, he was averaging a point and a half less per game um, than Akers was. And Akers had like four games of 20 or more touches and Swift only had one. And uh, that's kind of my point with Akers and why I took him where I did is like, I believe he can be one of those pure workhorse type running backs where I think a lot of these other guys are going to have to split time with other people. Um, so I, I think they kind of showed that at the end of last year, his usage increased up until the last game they played uh, in the most important game they played. So I, I think they've shown that when it matters, they're going to give the ball to him. So that's, you know, I understand it's a projection, but that's my argument. Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, I can see all of that happening. I just haven't seen it happen yet. So, and I do think that Daryl Henderson is going to be, as you know, because I'm not giving him up so easy, Nathan. Uh, uh, I do think he's going to be more of a factor than me. I don't, again, K-Maker is going to be the RB1, 100%. But I do think uh, Daryl Henderson's going to get, you know, a nice eight to 10 touches a game that's going to get on people's nerves, especially maybe around the goal line. But um, anyways, let's move on again. This is turning into a cam makers podcast. Uh, but, uh, let's, uh, do we all do our number nine? We ready to did, Nathan, did you do number nine? Uh, no, I do not believe I did. Okay. Uh, yeah. My number nine is Deandre Swift for the lions. Um, yeah. Love Deandre Swift, obviously being a dogs fan. Um, I hate that they signed Jamal Williams. It pushed him down the list a little bit for me um, just because Jamal is like he, he was kind of a thorn in uh, Aaron Jones's side a lot of the time. And I'm worried he could be that for Swift. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think Swift is an unreal talent. I think he's going to be in a really good offense with a stacked offensive line. So I think he'll be getting a more more rushing opportunities this next year. So that should help his upside as well. Um, but, uh, you know, his head coach is not quite in yet. We'll see uh, the man's attitude, but uh, we'll, we'll have to see if the biting kneecaps philosophy is going to pay off for them. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think Swift is going to be really good uh, going forward. I have him ranked ab above a bunch of other really experienced guys. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, you know, we went over it. I just went over it in comparison to Akers. He proved himself last year, um, was really steady throughout. So I think he's only going to get better. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so, Micah, how's it feel to be – wait. Yeah, how's it feel to be the low guy on Swift? Hey, hey, well, what do you mean the low guy on Swift? I have Swift at number 10. Yeah, well, low guy. Yeah. yeah, that's the low I mean, guy. I mean, I guess I'm the low guy, podcast. but... You hate DeAndre uh, Swift. Oh, I can't believe DeAndre Swift made my top 10. Oh, if only it was never my draft nine. DeAndre Swift on your fantasy well, team. Live on this podcast, you heard it first. I would just draft these other nine guys before him. No, that's fair. Well, why don't you tell us, uh, you know, why, why, what you like about Swift at 10 there? Well, a lot of people listening right now are going, Micah, you, you picked um, Swift over Acres in our re other podcast. What has changed? And it's changed by the fact that they brought in Jamal Williams, and the more and more I look at their offense, it's not going to be as good as the Rams. And with McVay talking about that Acres is going to be a workhorse, I just think he's going to get way more touches and more touchdowns than Swift is going to be in the Lions. So I still think Swift's going to do good, and I have him at 10, and I don't think that he's that far off from Akers. Um, I just am starting to give Akers the edge. 
Um, mm-hmm. But dude, he's he's going to get the ball a lot in Detroit, and we don't know what they're doing with the receiver right now. They brought in a ton of rookies, but they're still rookie wide receivers, and he's an experienced running back after his first season. So he's going to get fed the ball. He's going to do well. I just think Cam Akers is going to do it a little bit more. So um, Swiss so my number 10, and maybe he'll be my number nine ahead of Akers after this season. Who knows? Who knows what the rate we're going at? I think Nathan's been whispering in your ear a little bit too much is what's been going on. But no, he only whispers okay. sweet nothings. Oh. There's nothing you should concern yourself about. Yeah, don't worry about that. He just reads them Sean McVay articles. If, if, if Cam Akers is the thing he's whispering in your ear, I won't listen. So, uh, no, but uh, all right, I'll go into my number 10 here. And it's a guy that Mike has already named, had him a little bit higher, but it's Ezekiel Elliott. Um, I'll tell you, it was a really, really tough decision between Zeke and Aaron Jones. I mean, I'm not completely off of, off of Zeke. He had a down year, but look, his down year, he finishes the RB9. So, I mean, if a down year is a low-end RB1, that's exactly where I got him ranked right now. And I don't think he's going to have a worse year with Dak Prescott all season. I just don't foresee that happening. So, I don't see him in the top five anymore, uh, probably going forward, but I still think he's got a couple of seasons of being a solid back-end RB1. Uh, I do think Tony Pollard is going to start cutting into his workload, specifically in the PPR game, more so than – um, other seasons, but I still think Zeke is going to, I mean, he's the highest paid running back in the, in the league still. Uh, what, what, no, McCaffrey is now, I think McCaffrey mm-hmm. is, but McCaffrey. okay. Second highest uh, paid running back in the league, but um, you know, that they're going to get his money, their money's worth out of him. And to be honest, he, he really didn't show a decline. It was just when, when Dak's off the field, you know exactly what to target on the Cowboys offense and, 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 you know, defenses were able to effectively do that and pretty much shut Zeke down in some games. But, um, you know, um, his last five years, I just want to say this, he's been in the league for five years. So uh, his last five years have been as followed RB nine, RB three, RB five, RB 13 and RB two. So, uh, you know, if 13 is his absolute floor, I'm happy drafting him here. Uh, this is another guy I'm probably looking to move after about two years, but uh, for now, RB10, I feel like is a pretty safe, comfortable spot for me to draft him at. So, uh, Zico Elliott, number 10. Nathan, who you got, number 10? Uh, yeah, number 10 for me would be finally Alvin Kamara. Uh, dropping a little in my rankings compared to y'all, but um, I had a lot of the same concerns just I did just about the Saints offense post breeze. Um, I think one of the reasons that Kamara had as many receptions as he did and targets as he did is breeze had a noodle for his arm the last several years. And he just wasn't taking many shots down the field and he would do a lot of check down passes Um to Kamara and uh, one that's not Jameis Winston style. He's much more of a down the field, chunk it and pray kind of guy. And Taysom Hill, like Mikey, you talked about the game where they let Taysom Hill air it out. But if that's the game, they let him air it out and really see what he can do passing the ball. And he still wasn't throwing to Kamara in that situation. Then what hope is there if they play a normal offense, if he's their quarterback? So, um, so yeah, I just, I find some concerns with him, uh, just in the post breeze era. Like I said, uh, he's been fantastic. Uh, otherwise you can't really complain about his production PPR. He's been incredible. Had like the best, you know, like championship game that I think has ever been played, uh, scoring what, like five or six touchdowns was it? 
um yeah he he was unreal so he uh he still has a ton of upside you know in redraft he would be much higher for me um but you know he'll he'll be 26 when the season starts so like these guys said you might want to trade him you know after a year or two if you do have him but uh and, and of course so high on that power performance, maybe now's the time to trade him because I do think, you know, he's still probably going to be in the top 10 this next year for sure. But I do think you're going to start seeing a dip uh, with Breeze not there to, to chunk as many check down passes. All right. Yeah. So after our top 10 there, we got, I think with the exception of me not having acres, we, we have a uh, pretty similar guys. I have Aaron Jones in there and you guys have acres. I think is the only difference. Now our ranking, our order is different, but I think we do have the same, mostly same guys there. So uh, that, 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 that's pretty reassuring. It makes me feel like we aren't, we aren't completely stupid. So, um, <laughs> so, so yeah, uh, that was your number 10. Is that right, Nathan? Yes. Uh, Micah, did you do your, you did do your number 10. So we'll move yeah. on to number 11 and uh I'll start here, and uh, I told you guys I didn't feel that good about this ranking, but as I'm talking through it, I think I do, and it's Najee Harris at number 11. Um, yeah, I think, you know, I definitely think this time next year we could be talking about him as much higher than this, but um, I just need to see it. I don't trust the Steelers' offense. They haven't had a productive um, – They've had a bottom five rush offense for the past since uh, Le'Veon left. So I think that's either three or four years. I'm, I'm not, I think it's three. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so they're, they're, they're going to need some help there. I'm not sure that Najee's going to be able to come out and really show his, his full potential right away. I did kind of mention a lot of this on our uh, post draft show, but um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a little worried, but the, the, any, any worry that I have about the Steelers offense this year um, and also big Ben running it, just, I don't know how many first downs they're going to be getting, but um he does have PPR value and big Ben will dump it off to his running back if he can catch it and he can catch it and run with it. So um, I don't, I do think he's, he's safe in that regard. And I think moving forward, the Steelers are going to try to build a better offense around him. So even if you don't see it right away, maybe he doesn't finish as a top 12 running back this year, but I wouldn't be dismayed if that happens, I would be happy to still stick it out and, you know, not, not sell him off after this year. So um Get, give him some time to fix the offense, but I think Najee Harris, from a talent perspective, definitely uh, 11 is a low ranking. So um, so Najee got him there. I just need to see it and need the Steelers to support him a little bit more than it looks like he's going to be supported. But anyways, uh, moving on, uh, Micah, give us your number 11. Uh, we had to match and have the same number 11. How dare you, Josiah? Um, no, nah, dude, Najee, he's the number 11. Uh, do exactly the same thing you said. I just want to see him play. Like, I don't know how that Steelers offense is going to look this year. Um, I don't know how their O-line is going to be. Their O-line was really bad last year. And I think he can overcome it. I don't think it's going to be something terrible for him. But it is not going to be great. And he may not come out the gates being amazing. And I want people to temper their expectations on him. He's going to be good for many years. And I'm not saying it's going to be the same Derrick Henry situation. But I could see him as a guy that takes a couple years and then he starts hitting his stride because of his size. So I don't know if he's going to make an immediate impact, but he's definitely a what? I'm, I'm just saying, I don't know if he's going to make an immediate impact the way people think that he's going to this year. Um, the qualifier yeah. of the end. 
Huh? He's obviously going to make an impact, but not like yeah. yeah I'm, well. I'm saying like because he's obviously the top running back in this class, and people are draft. Some people are taking him over Jamar Chase and some of the other quarterbacks, and um. So I just want people to temper in case he's not like coming out rushing for 1,500 yards his first year. Um, but I think he's going to be good. But I just have to see it on the field first before I'll have him in the top 10. Plus, dude, these top 10 guys are so good. Like, it's not even like, oh, it's like Najee's ridiculously talented, and he is. But, dude, there's a lot of really good backs in the NFL at the moment. And it's, Najee, for his size and what he's capable of, should probably be top 10 fantasy asset. But I just don't think he is yet because of all the other guys in the league. All right. Yeah. Well, we're in agreement there, Micah. Uh, who's your number 11, Nathan? Uh, yeah. Uh, this is tough. Um, I'm going to go with Ezekiel Elliott here. I don't feel amazingly great about it, but um, I'll put Zeke here. He's proven it in the past. I do think he's going to have a better year this year than last, but I mean, you can't deny that Pollard has significantly cut into his touches. Even last year, um, Pollard had ended up with like uh, around half as many yards as Zeke. And that's a lot more than any other running back has compared to him. So he's, he's taken a lot more touches. Um, and the other thing is like Zeke, you know, you always have to worry, is he going to go grab, you know, some woman's shirt and pull it down or, you know, is, he, he just like has that, you know, personality concern where he could get suspended at any point. So um, that is a little bit concerning. He's, he's going to be 26 when the season rolls around. So he's around the same age as like Kamara and uh, Dalvin cook. But, um, but yeah, I just uh, have a few concerns about him, but I mean, I, I think he's still going to be a really good, like low end RB one at worst, but honestly this next year, I think he's going to have a bit of a bounce back because uh, it sounds like he's a little bit pissed off. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I have, um, a little bit, a uh, few concerns about him. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Adam ranked 10, so I think we're pretty much on the same page with Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, Micah feels a little bit, actually a good bit better than about him, but, um, but yeah, you know, I think, I think we're all kind of saying, saying the same thing. So, um, well, we got one more guy here. Um, the, let's find out who the last guy to crack, crack all of our rankings are. And uh, we'll start with you, Micah, and uh, let you give us your number 12. I couldn't believe it. It's Aaron Jones. I have him at number 12. Um, dude, I've doubted this guy every single season. I just never draft him, never like rank him highly. And then every year he finishes as well as you said, Josiah. So I'm done doubting the man. They gave him his contract when they already drafted A.J. Dillon. So obviously they're going to use him. And if Aaron Rodgers ends up leaving, he's probably going to be more focal point of the offense than he is with him gone. So it actually might be better for Aaron Jones if Aaron Rodgers is gone. But if, it, if Aaron Rodgers is still there, he's got Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback. So either way, he wins. I don't think they gave him a contract to just not use him and to ease in A.J. Dillon. They have some type of one-two combo going, which a lot of teams are starting to go to, it seems. So I don't hate it for him. I got him at number 12. He is just going to continue to prove me wrong. I have a feeling. So I think it's about time that I showed him a little bit of respect. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm glad he cracked your top 12. Uh, Nathan, who do, you, who do you got with your last guy here? Hmm. This is a, these last two were just miserable trying well, to rank them. Why don't, you, them, why don't you give them – you can give them both and kind of tell us who you're leaning. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, right now it's it's between uh, J.K. Dobbins and Aaron Jones. I okay. mean, those mm-hmm. two are neck and neck. And honestly, it's uh, are you trying to win now or are you trying to get a guy for the future? You can look at it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but that's tough. Uh, I'll, I'll go with my initial rankings, and it is J.K. Dobbins at 12th um, just because of his youth and because of the offense he's in. Mm-hmm. Um, I You know, I think he – came on really strong at the end of last year and um you know it took forever for them to get the touches he deserved but uh they finally started to do it so i I think he'll be good going forward uh it is more of a risk so i I definitely understand the argument for aaron jones it's why i'm going back and forth here because he he finished very well at the end of last year i think he was like rb four or five in points per game last year um yeah he was rb five points per game last year and uh, yeah, he's just – he's been very consistent. He, he does have some games where he's a little bit boom or bust, but it should help having Jamal Williams not there. That should help his PPR upside. Uh, the one thing I am concerned about is A.J. Dillon being used in those short yardage and especially the goal line situations. I, I wonder if that's going to hurt his uh, scoring upside, which is, um, you know, one of the things that's helped him out. So. Uh, I do have some concerns about that from Dylan, but uh, not having Jamal Williams there will definitely help alleviate some of that. All right. So a nice 12A, 12B there with Aaron Jones and J.K. Dobbins. Um, in our last ranking show, did, did you have Dobbins above above Gibson? Or did that change? Or has that Yeah, is that yeah Dobbins, still- I think, was four and Gibson five. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I thought you had Gibson. I thought you had JK um, Gibson above JK, but okay. Okay, cool. Um, well that leads me into my number 12 and I'm going to do a little bit of what Nathan here did. Uh, I saw, I, I will say if I came down to it, I would pick Antonio Gibson. Uh, that'd be my number 12 uh, pick here. Um, I'm really big on him. I, he's my number three in the, in the rookie class from this last year. Um, I, uh, you know, he finished RB 13 last year and that was with him not even barely even playing the first two or three games and with him splitting, the load between McKissick and Peyton Barber and just random guys the whole season. But uh, he, he rushed for 795 yards. He had 11 touchdowns. He just always found the end zone. And then he also had 36 receptions, which I mean, um, that 36 can skyrocket if JD McKissick would just fuck off somewhere, man. Like I need McKissick to fuck off so that, my man Antonio Gibson can be the next Christian McCaffrey, but until then he's going to be a lower end RB one, I think. But uh, in the future, I really do think there's upside for this guy to just explode. Um, So uh, I will say the guy that I was really, really tempted to put uh, at 12 above him, but it's just the security wasn't there for me um, was Joe Mixon. I think mm. a lot of us forget about Joe Mixon, man. Uh, but uh, but the guy the guy is good. Uh, he only played in in six games last year. Um, he had an injury, but there might have been a little bit of uh, we're tanking, so just don't worry about coming back and playing at the end of the year. Um, but uh, before that, he finished his RB thirteen and RB ten, and uh, you know there's been some talk from Zach Taylor this year about how often he wants to have Joe Mixon on the field. And he basically said, I think his actual quote was like, I don't want him to come off of the field. 
So that really excited me. Um, I was I, I don't have any Joe Mixon stock in any league, so I really was tempted to take him in our league, but I chose to go with Aaron Jones because I have him three spots higher or four spots higher. But uh, Mixon was my number 13, but he came close to number 12. But uh, just because of the youth and because of the dependability, uh, I'd take Gibson at number 12. So, um, yeah, uh, that completes uh, the bulk of this episode for sure. Who, um, who did you have excited for next? Who'd you have a 13, Josiah? Me, 13, Joe, Mix, Joe Mixon. Oh, was Joe Mixon? Oh, yeah, you did say it was Joe Mixon. Yeah, Joe Mixon was 13. Oh, okay, yeah, I didn't know that was definite. Yeah, I didn't know if that was definite. Joe Mixon, 13. Yeah, yeah, and Gibson's definitely 12, and then Mixon, I flirted with it, but just I, I couldn't trust him enough to put him as a top 12, so – but uh, I do think Gibson would be uh, 13. Uh, the other guys that are floating around that area are Clyde Everett Hilaire and Cam Akers for me. So um, that's that's I, I think they're kind of back to back in my rankings. Oh, they shouldn't be spoken uh, in the same breath. Oh, they shouldn't. I know that's surprising to you guys. But, that is blasphemy. But, uh, but I, you know, I, I think in PPR leagues, I'm still leaning Clyde. Uh, uh. We'll see if I. In a league this year where I'm forced to make that decision. But I think honestly I'm not gonna be forced to, with that decision because people are taking people are taking acres like where where Nathan is. I mean in my other draft acres went I think at the two oh five. So that's as late as I've seen him go. Um so yeah definitely the hype is there. I'm just not quite there. And it sucks because look he's a back I'd love to have on my team. I'm not off of him at all. I don't feel like I just feel like the PR value is not there. And I have to imagine that it's going to be there for me to put him in these, in, in, in this, these guys group. So, um, but anyways, uh, you know, that was fun. Uh, why don't we all go through our top 10 lists and uh, just recap for everybody. Uh, Nathan, why don't you start out? Okay. Yep. One McCaffrey, two Saquon, three Jonathan Taylor, four Dalvin Cook, five Cam fucking Akers. Six, Derrick Henry. Seven, Nick Chubb. Eight, Nadia Harris. Nine, DeAndre Swift. Ten, Alvin Kamara. Eleven, Ezekiel Elliott. And twelve, J.K. Dobbins with Aaron Jones as an honorable mention. All right. And uh, Micah, recap yours for us. Yeah, so run CMC number one. Saquon Barkley number two. None other than Mr. Alvin Kamara at number three. Jonathan Taylor, four. Derrick Henry, five. Ezekiel Elliott, six. Dalvin Cook, seventh. Nick Chubb, eighth. Uh, number nine, Cam Akers. Ten, DeAndre Swift. Eleven, Najee Harris. Twelve, Aaron Jones. And Mr. J.K. Dobbins, as my honorable mention. Okay. All right, so Dobbins was 13 for you as well. Yep. Um, okay. And then uh, for me, it goes uh, CMC number one, Dalvin Cook number two. I think I was the only guy with Cook at two. Uh, number three, I have Barkley. Number four, I have Jonathan Taylor. Number five, I have Nick Chubb. Number six, I have Alvin Kamara. Number seven, I have DeAndre Swift. Number eight, I have Derrick Henry. Number nine, I have Aaron Jones. Number 10, I have Ezekiel Elliott. 11, I have Najee Harris, and 12, I have Antonio Gibson with Joe Mixon as my honorable mention. Um, so, yeah, that, that was a lot of fun, guys. Um, I, you know, I think there was a little bit more agreement than we all 
thought there would be. I think Cam Akers was the main guy that we, we, you know, chose to argue about, but you know, um, I'm interested guys. Is, is Gibson at all flirting with this area for you guys? Or are y'all a little bit further mm-hmm. down on, on Gibson? He was 14 for me. Okay. Yeah, so he was, he's right he after 14 for me too. <laughs> okay. 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 Yeah. I was just, uh, for some reason, I knew you had JK above, above uh, Gibson, uh, Micah, but mm-hmm. I thought that, that was higher on, I'm not sorry that Nathan was higher on, uh, on Gibson, but um, anyways, well, yeah, with that guys, we appreciate everybody listening. Uh, next week will be our special Debbie dogs uh, league coverage draft. Um, we're going to talk about our teams. We're going to, we're going to try to break down everybody's team. We might as well, if we're going to spend it, spend an hour on it. Uh, I might spend a whole episode on it. So um so yeah, we'll talk about draft values. We'll talk about guys we can't believe went in certain spots, and um, yeah, be so. I'm sure league mates listen out to that, so you, we can roast you and praise you as we see fit. Um, but um, yeah, anything you guys want to add before we log off today? I hope ASAP Mo's ready. ASAP <laughs> Mo, they're coming in, coming hard for you, man. Who? Who? <laughs> Mike Jones. ASAP Mo. No. Uh, All right, guys. Uh, We appreciate you listening. Um, We'll be back next week with our uh, draft coverage. Be sure to follow us and subscribe to us on uh, Spotify, uh, CastBox, uh, Apple Music, all the things that you do to listen to podcasts on. And also we have a Twitter that is at the FF dogs. Um, we need to, we need to post more on that. I need to, I need to get more. And download the episodes, you know, you never know when, you know, Bill Gates might shut off all the internet or whatever the fucking conspiracy is nowadays. So uh, yeah, just go ahead and uh, click download. Does that help us? Yeah. It helps them. Uh, I don't know. Okay, if that- it helps them. Yeah. Hit download. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I didn't know if we got like extra, cred for getting downloads i don't know how how Mm. it works but anyways give us street cred give us virtual street cred download subscribe and like all the virtual street cred we need it and uh yeah we're win your leagues yeah exactly uh just it's high time for dynasty draft season and uh we hope you all are participating uh with that this is josiah for micah and nathan this is fantasy dogs out